Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. You know, we couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience with Booster Digital Displays. We also want to thank Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better and Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Dr. Lisa Starks. Lisa is the athletic director at Booker T. Washington High School in Miami. She's also very active in the state. Uh, she served on the Athletic Director Advisory Committee, and she's currently a member of our FIAAA Board of Directors. Dr. Starks, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, I'm we've very been, excited to be here. I've been waiting for this moment for a while now, so. I'm, <laughs> yeah, we've been looking forward uh, to this one for a while. We want to find out what's going on uh, down in Miami. Well, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and how your uh, love of sports led to your current position at Booker T. Okay, well, I, um, I'm from Miami, Florida. I um, graduated from American Senior High School. From there, I went to a community college in Sanford, Florida, Seminole Community College at the time, but now it's Seminole College. Uh, from there, I came back home to Florida Memorial University where I received my bachelor's degree in physical education with a minor in biology. Uh, from there, Southeastern University and received my master's degree. I received my bachelor's degree in uh, physical education with a minor in biology. Uh, from there, I went to Nova Southeastern University and I majored in science education because science is my first love. I do love science. Um, and uh, from there, I received my doctorate degree in higher education and organizational leadership. And that is it for me. Oh, I have one daughter. I have a daughter. She's 33. Uh, she's a professor in South Korea. Oh, well, I did not know that about you. Yes. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, coming back to your hometown. And again, for the, our listeners, Nova Southeastern's, uh, you know, uh, north of Miami. Uh, but uh, how, um, how did you transition from a graduate student to you know, teaching and coaching? And, and how did that lead to your position as an athletic director? Well, in high school, you know, I've always loved sports. I've always loved sports. I played volleyball, basketball, I ran track. So those were my, my sports throughout the whole time that I was at American High. From there, I got a scholarship for basketball. Uh, I ran a little track when I transferred to Florida Memorial. So I've always had a passion for sports. Um, 
And when I say that science was my first love, I wanted to be a physical therapist first, and I wanted to own my own sports rehabilitation center. So, you know, that kind of went another direction for me once I started coaching. And I started coaching um, at American Senior High School first. And from there, I was at Hylia Gardens as the Hylia High School as the head coach. And um, I got my passion through just working with the kids, uh, really enjoying myself, uh, just seeing the development of what I could do as a coach. And then uh, from there, um, as I was working on my, I was at an elementary school and as I was working on my, my doctorate, I received a phone call that they, I wanted to go to high school, always wanted to go to high school. So I received a phone call that uh, Booker T. Washington was looking for a biology teacher. So I said, oh, that's great. So I said, that's my chance to get in high school, you know. So they was also looking for a coach. So that was a good transition for me. But come to find out the biology teacher they had already hired and they needed a female phys ed teacher. So I was just fortunate to get that position, get in. And I became the head coach here at Booker T. Washington. And uh, within maybe two, uh, maybe two or three years after that, I became the assistant athletic director. And then I transitioned from the assistant athletic director in one year to the athletic director. And here I am, 18, 19 years later. So uh, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Well, I know you and I first crossed paths, I'm going to say probably 15, 16 years ago when we yeah. were both on the, um, the AD advisory committee. Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed what you brought to those uh, meetings. Um, again, for our listeners, Booker T. Washington, very big uh, public high school in Miami and uh -huh. very, very successful athletic program. So uh, Lisa, um, talk a little bit about um, coming in and taking on that leadership role. You were coaching there, but then talk about that transition to becoming an AD. Uh, how was that? Well, the transition was, you know, it was a little hard at first because, you know, when you're a coach, your passion is coaching. So you, but you also want to elevate what you already have in yourself and challenge yourself a little bit more. And for me, I wanted to look a little bit more. I wanted to see what, what I can do as an athletic director. But uh, as I became transitioning into becoming an athletic director, I found that uh, it wasn't as easy as, um, you know, everybody would think uh, you have to look at the overall, I can't really look at basketball anymore because I was a coach. I can't look at track anymore because I was a coach. I have to look at the overall athletic program and see how we can develop and move forward as a program. So it was, uh, it was a little challenging at first financially uh, because you know, there are, you're finding out that some sports don't make, generate any money. And then you find out that some sports generate a lot of money and then some sports just stay stagnant. They don't, you know, lose money or earn money. They just don't, you know. So it was, um, it was a learning experience, but it was a challenge for me. And I really enjoyed it. And I said, you know, I'm, I love what I'm doing and I want to stay. I want to continue to do it. But I wanted to elevate the program from where it was to another level. Well, we're going to talk about some of those things in a minute. But before we do that, um, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentoring. 
And so I'm curious, who were some of your mentors uh, growing up, uh, you know, family members, maybe coaches or teachers, or maybe even people that you've worked with? Uh, oh, you know, you have to always say your parents, because I, I have to say my mother, you know, being raised in a single, single uh, parent home, you know, she taught me a lot about being strong as an individual, as a woman, and just making sure that, you know, I make the right decisions. Every decision that I make is not going to be the best decision, but I have to stand by any decisions that I make. Uh, my mother was a very, Mary Stark, she was very inspirational to me. It's like my biggest fan. Uh, she's also a Booker T. Washington uh, alum. So that was, uh, she was proud about that. Um, my fourth grade teacher, Barbara Moss, she taught me a lot as well. And I have to go back to her because she kind of taught me a lot of things um, growing up. And I continue to speak with her to to this day. Uh, Sheila Rush, she was uh, my basketball coach. I continue to speak with her to this day. And um, Gloria Evans, she gave me my first opportunity uh, to be athletic director. I was very, very young. Uh, she did get a lot of pushback, bringing me in, female, young, as an athletic director in, you know, inner city school. Um, but, you know, she took a chance on me and, um, I just thank her for believing in me for that. So, and she also guided me through some of the things that I had to do. Uh, Deborah Davis, she's well known in the in Dade County, uh, and she's always been somebody that was there for me whenever I had any questions. Yvette McKinney, I'm not sure if you remember Yvette McKinney. Uh, she was somebody that was my mentor. She was my actual mentor. Um, you know, somebody that I can call when I had any questions about the AD job you know, coming up. And there's a lot of people that I was able to reach out to. Some of my administrators as well. You know, you have Mr. Aristide, Mr. Kevin Lawrence, uh, Mr. Frazier. I mean, it's just a lot of people that really was inspirational in my life, you know, that had something to do with things that I'm doing now. So. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I always love to hear these stories because it's a great reminder for all of us that we didn't get here by ourselves. You know, we had people that were, you know, pushing us and uh, patting us on the back or kicking us in the butt, whatever we needed at that time. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Let's go and talk about Booker T. Washington. Uh, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And so, you know, you've been at the school for um, quite a while and again, have had great success. Um, what are a couple of programs or initiatives that um, you have with your department that you're particularly proud of? And when you look at them, you know, with a humble eye, you can say, boy, we do this better than anybody. What are a couple of best practices? I would say how we promote the success of our athletes, you know, around the school. Uh, we try to uh, acknowledge athletes in any way possible, in any way, especially academics. Academics is one of my pet peeves. I, I want to make sure that we are preparing our athletes for the next level, whether they play sports or not. But um, always keeping in mind that, you know, with sports, you know, comes with uh, discipline. And, and with our students, it gives them opportunity to get a way out, you know. So um, that's one of the best practices. And we don't take anything, you can't take anything personal. You know, when, when, especially when doing this job, you can't take anything personal. You got to be fair. You got to know how to build relationships with other athletic directors. Uh, and communication is like, like major 
uh, it's a major thing that you need to have as far as uh, being an AD and, and best practices as far as running a, a position and any event management. Event management is very important. I mean, there's so many, you're an athletic director, there's so many aspects of doing this job. It's like, you know, uh, I mean, it's just so many aspects of doing a job. I just, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but I, I, I'm a little nervous though. But I'm good. No. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Okay. Um, Let's go and talk uh, about COVID. Uh, for our listeners, we're recording this on April 12th, so you're going to hear it pretty uh, timely. Uh, yeah. In Florida, you know, we've had, uh, um, I, I would say, a, a semi-normal year compared to many states, but in different parts of the state, particularly South Florida, where Lisa's from, uh, there was a different response. So, Lisa, just real quick, you know, how did you guys? have to deal with the challenges of COVID and how are you dealing with it now um, as we are getting ready to kind of wrap up spring sports? Well, I know as far as um, Booker T is concerned and other schools too as well, we had um, some issues with facilities, you know, cause we don't have our own, you know, football fields on our campuses. So we had to literally uh, use one Two, three. We had only had we were only able to use three facility football facilities. So we went, we had to kind of crunch a lot of our games in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday, so that we're able to get you know the that playing time that we needed. Um, we couldn't have any fans, no fans, um, in the facility, but we we were able to eventually uh, get fans in in the football stadium, I guess, because it was outside, but we were only limited so many um, per student. Um, at the school location, we're not allowed to have any fans, no fans. Um, however, they are, uh, I love what the district is doing because now, you know, we if we put our own plan together uh, as it pertains to the COVID, making sure we have all our guidelines in place, you're able to uh, have fans, but at limited, um, is limited, you know, but you have to have the guidelines in order to to uh, be allowed to have the fans. But as of right now, we don't have any fans. There is a thing that we have as far as I know everybody probably heard about the contact tracing. So, you know, if there's any one case anywhere, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to contact trace and then those students have everybody have to be quarantined when it comes down to that. My apologies. Everybody has to be quarantined um, when it comes down to, to um, I'm sorry, to that. I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. My phone is ringing. <laughs> hey, you're an athletic director. Your but, phone's going to uh, ring. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's students have to have, I'm sorry, I'm on a podcast right now. Students, um, our students were not allowed to, our students had to bring their own water bottles, you know, at that time, you know, we're not, I think still to this day, we can't, we can have the water coolers, but we can't provide water bottles to our students. So our students, you know, we've had companies that have donated water bottles. So we were able to give our athletes individual water bottles so that they'll have their own. Um, you know, is there so many guidelines to this COVID thing? Just, it's disappointing because, you know, a lot of things had to change, you know, some things that we used to do, we can't do anymore. Um, as far as practices are concerned, kids do have to have their mask on. 
you know, so walking around the building, we have to have our mask on. So, um, I mean, you know, the COVID has really made you rethink how, how you used to do things and then how you're doing things now. So, you know. How, uh, how did the uh, Booker T. Washington community, you know, respond to, you know, the, the new normal? Uh, you know, were the parents, you know, supportive? You know, was there some resistance to the no fans? How did that play out? Um, you know, we didn't have any, any, we didn't have any issues that I know of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on a podcast right now. I can't, we didn't have any, I, I, I can't, ex, you know, speak about anyone else, but I know, I mean, we didn't have any issues. Our alumni was very understanding. Um, our alumni was very understanding. Our students were very understanding everyone knew what was happening so we didn't have any issues with with uh uh you know anybody being you know upset about it because i mean you know they, they were disappointed yes um students were disappointed but you know they all ultimately ultimately they understood that this was something that we couldn't we, we had no control over right. you know? and they understood it's for the safety of their child and coaches and uh, other people so um but yeah that was uh i'm sorry this phone kind of threw me off on my question my answer no no worries now that uh you know we're deep into spring sports here have uh, there been any adjustments are you allowing you know any fans to come into your spring sport events uh no still as of right now no we're getting ready to go into the gmac and so that's still, you know, no fans. Um, track, it depends. Like, I think some private facility, private schools are allowed, they're doing it, but public schools, we're, we're not allowed to, to do it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a, a, you know, that's just a big thing right now. We're just not allowed to have the fans. Um, but there are a lot of, um, with track season around, you know, here now, um, if you have fans, I think that there's certain, see, we don't have a facility. Our track just got redone. So I know if we did have a track meet, we couldn't have fans. Um, but yeah, no, I think going into regionals, uh, we're going away. So I'm sure that there'll be fans there. Um, yeah, like I said, some private schools are allowed to do it. They can do it because I guess they're private. But as far as public schools, we, we can't have the fans. Right. No, and, and that's understandable. You know, a lot of moving pieces to that uh, Greater Miami uh, Athletic League. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lisa, we've been doing these interviews now for uh, just a little less than a year. And uh, when we started them, uh, one of the questions that I've been asking the athletic directors across the country uh, revolves around this idea of social awareness, uh, social justice, if you will. And my question is this. What are some things that we can do as athletic directors? What are some things that we can do better uh, for our kids, our community, our coaches? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? As far as like, just being socially aware of you know all the issues that are out there that uh, our kids, our coaches, our parents are having to deal with. I think we just have to be open to uh, making sure our athletes know what's going on especially when it pertains to um, 
particular situations. But as, you know, as a parent, you know, I would want, definitely want to speak with my child first before anyone else, you know, um, because my, my concept might be a little different from somebody else, you know. Um, and I think meeting more with parents, having, having well, if we are having more Zooms now, because everything is on Zoom now, everything is on Zoom, maybe meeting more with parents and the child and just giving them the understanding as to what we have to go through um, here socially and things that we have to deal with and letting them know that, look, listen, this is what your child gonna have to deal with too, so that you're aware of it and um, we don't have any, any issues later on. If something comes up, at least we explain it to you. Look, this is what we, we told you. This is the situation that's happening now. I mean, it could be any, I hate what's happening in this world country, um, but you know, I mean, it is what it is, but we have to know how to handle situations as they come. Well, I know it's not an easy answer, but I appreciate you sharing yeah, I don't, your well, thoughts. I don't on. even know if I answered the question, yeah. but. No, uh, no. Uh, let's make it a little easier. Um, what's your favorite part about being the athletic director at Booker T. Washington? What gets you excited about coming to school each day? Just what, what I have to look for for each day. The, the challenge of the job, like you said, my phone keeps going off. Um, uh, you know what I really, really enjoy? I really like it when I, I see the students start off in ninth grade and then um, the sports that they play going on and they transitioning each year, they're getting older, they're getting wiser. And then their 12th grade year, they're getting ready to go to college and they realize, you know, for me, it's all, I'm always interior when I see my athletes. <laughs> I'm like, God, you know, I just, I mean, it's like time flies. Time flies, you know, and uh, I think the enjoyment of seeing them go off to college, being successful, coming back. Like just recently, we have one of our kids, I mean, right before the podcast, he was standing right here in my face. He, <clears throat> he ran in the Olympics. So I'm like, I was so excited to see him, but I really couldn't, you know, and I just to see them come back and, and, you know, and want to coach want to be a coach, want to do things within the school, want to volunteer. I think that is so awesome. And then they're doing well in college. Some of them go off to school uh, and they get married, have kids. Oh, just, it's just, a, it's just, I love that. I love, I love to see the transition, the levels of maturity with our students. I love that. Oh, and you hit right on the head. I, I, I think there's no other, you know, career that you get a chance to watch that journey. Uh, you know, you talked yes. about coming in as a ninth grader and then, you know, four years later, you're looking at this kid and you're going, you're a varsity athlete. Uh, oh my goodness. And then five <laughs> years later, they come back, you know, hey coach, yes. remember me? And yes. well, sometimes you do yes. and sometimes you don't, but Absolutely. you're right. It's that whole journey that is just yes. so incredible. No other, uh, no other job gets to do what we do. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Lisa, this has been great catching up with you. I know I'm going to see you um, in a couple of weeks at our state yes. conference, mm -hmm. but we're not done yet. Okay. Um, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And we've already established that you're a uh, experienced AD, but right now I'm going to challenge you to mm -hmm. send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox 
with three items are gonna go in Dr. Lisa Stark's athletic director toolbox. Okay. As a new athletic director, and um, I would tell them to have a vision as to where the direction you want your program to go into. Know what type of coaches you want to hire. It's all about the type of coach you hire that makes that team successful. So not everybody can be a coach. Everybody wants to be a coach, but not everybody can be a coach. So you have, as an athletic director, you gotta be able to, you know, maybe find a teacher or, or look at how you see how kids flock to a person. So have a vision as to how, you know, you want your program to go. Um, be a good communicator. It's very important that you communicate with your coaches and your parents and your athletes. Let them know uh, everything when it pertains to the academics, whether they can play, whether they cannot play, because you have some students that may think that they can play and not, not playing that way. I mean, academically, if they're ineligible, then, you know, you have to be firm and say, no, you can't play, you can't practice. That would only uh, give them the motivation to do what they have to do in the classroom in order to play. So you have to be a good communicator, got to be able to communicate with your parents and your coaches, definitely with your coaches. Uh, you have to be consistent. Be consistent in any decisions that you make. Okay, and stand by your decision. Um, don't, if you make a decision and it wasn't the right decision, at least you can say, you know, I made a decision, I made a mistake, so let me uh, make an adjustment the next time. But don't be afraid to make a decision. Don't be, and always be consistent in what you do. Don't sway sides. You have to stay, you know, straight. You can't be on one sport and not against another. You have to be fair with all sports, regardless of one is going to state every year and one is not. You still have to be fair. You have to be fair. That's it. Great, great stuff. Vision, communication, and being consistent. Uh, yeah. I would take that in uh, any athletic director's toolbox. <laughs> Dr. Lisa Starks, thank you so much. If one of our listeners wants to reach out to you and pick your brain a little bit, and I certainly encourage you to do so. Uh, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Um, they can reach me at L Starks, that's L-S-T-A-R-K-S at Dade Schools with an S dot net. Okay. Or they can call me at 305-324-8900 extension 2216. <laughs> okay. Dr. Lisa Starks, Booker T. Washington, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm not nervous anymore, so that's good. <laughs> to our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast.